You're listening to episode number six. Welcome to the More Than Just a Type podcast, a place where we explore what it takes to live your best life. I'm your host, Taja Cato, expert in type 1 diabetes and fat loss, entrepreneur, and lover of all things fitness and personal development. Each week, we'll bring you a tangible tool, tip, or insight that'll inspire you and empower you to take action, achieve your goals, and live your best life. Welcome back, guys. So this topic, how to avoid low blood sugar when you work out, this is a topic that comes up a lot in the space. And it's one of those things that for me personally, like I, I I think it's so beneficial for all of us to know. But in the past, just growing up with diabetes and I would have trainers or, or I'd go to fitness classes. And it was always one of these things at the back of my mind. I would have this fear of dropping low because low blood sugar, you know, when you go too low, you you end up in a coma, coma and, you know, you, it's something that is serious. But I think it's played off so often as like, oh, it's fine. Like I have my glucose tablets, blah, blah, blah. And I think a lot of the time when I was growing up, I would always make it not a big deal at all because I was so against making my disease uh, or seeing my disease in any sort of light that would stop me from doing anything that I wanted to. So I was so uh, hard headed in that department. So even when I was training or going to an exercise class, sometimes, and I know this is horrible, like don't ever do this, but when I was younger, I would sometimes try to just ignore the fact that I felt my blood sugar dropping because I was just like, no, it's like, I don't want this to happen. Um, and I, I was okay. Like I've never had a severe, I mean, I've had severe lows, but I've never had an incident where I was unconscious, but I think just getting older and then getting over that hump of the insecurity of like just having to stop something and say to people, hey, I need to stop and I need to take 15 minutes to make sure my blood sugar is back within a normal range. And if you are in a place right now where you're feeling a little bit insecure with your blood sugars or you're a little bit afraid to work out, don't feel bad. I want you to let it go. Don't feel bad if you need to stop because know that your fitness goals and your overall health depends on your blood sugars. And this is super important. So in this episode, we are going to cover some tips that um, you might know some of them, you might not, but they are things that can actually affect your blood sugar during exercise. So I'm super excited to share these things with you. These are some of the things that we cover inside of my Fat Loss for Type 1s program. And these are tips that are going to be very beneficial to you and help you prevent low blood sugar when you're working out. So if you're just getting started with an exercise program or you're just getting started training and hitting the gym, these are some things that really helped me out a ton when I first started getting serious about training. So I hope they help you out as much as they've helped me. If you were planning on taking notes during this episode, I've already done the work for you. So I put together a 10-step checklist for preventing low BG, everything that we're going to cover in this episode, and I will give you the details at the end of this episode so you can grab it for free and you don't need to take notes. 
So number one is heat. Heat can affect your blood sugars a lot. And uh, this can go for just like your environment or like your training environment because heat will actually expand your blood vessels, making the rate of which insulin is absorbed in the body uh, just quicker. So uh, your blood sugar can drop at a much faster pace when you are training in a warm environment. Number two is your injection site. So this is the area that you are training, like a body part you're training. So if you're, for example, training upper body and you inject in your bicep before training biceps, then you have more of a chance of dropping low because the insulin is absorbed faster in a body part that is being trained due to increased blood flow in that area. Number three is the type of training that you're doing. So aerobic and anaerobic training will or can affect your body much differently. And generally speaking, aerobic training can lower blood sugar levels considerably. So this would be like a low intensity uh, training, like walking on a treadmill or going for a walk, things like this. And then number four is the duration of your exercise or the activity that you're planning on doing. So for example, if you are doing what, whatever kind of exercise you're doing, if you're planning on working out for a short amount of time as opposed to a longer period, your uh, pre-workout snack or how you, how you adjust your insulin doses around that training could look a lot different. Number five is delayed hypoglycemia, so delayed low blood sugar. And this can occur about two to four hours post-exercise, no matter if you're doing low intensity or high intensity, if you're lifting weights or doing cardio. Um, you may find that your blood sugar, even if, you, if it increases slightly during your workout, it will drop considerably like a few hours post-workout. And this is something especially to keep in mind, especially if you're working out in the evening so that you can avoid dropping low in the middle of the night, which I know you know sucks balls. Uh, and then the other thing you just want to be aware of is just how your body is affected from both training styles because the effects that exercise has on the body can last even um, up to 24 hours or longer in the body. So that's just something to be mindful of. Number six is the window your bolus peaks can affect your workout. So this is especially important if you are using injections. So just knowing the peak of your insulin so that you can prevent overlapping doses. And I don't, I'm not, I don't even know if I should be saying this, but I recently heard, uh, I saw it on social media that there is actually a new pen that's coming out that has the same, the same knowledge as a pump, I guess you could say. And so it will actually keep tabs of like when you bolused and last and so that you it prevents overlapping. I don't know, don't quote me accurately on that, but I did see something about that. So that's super exciting. If you are taking injections, might be something to look into. I can't remember what it's called, but I know it's out there. Number seven is missed meals. And so this is something that you are going to just want to be a little bit mindful of because if you do miss a meal, chances are that your blood sugars are going to drop mid-workout if you haven't eaten like at a for hours and hours, then you probably might find that your blood sugar is going to drop. So just being a little bit mindful of when your last meal was before you hit the gym. 
Number eight is fiber content. So because fiber has little to no effect on blood glucose, it's super important that you do, you are aware of the amount of fiber in your meals, especially pre and post workout since you are going to be a little bit more insulin sensitive after your workout and just make sure that you are subtracting that fiber before you bolus for your meal. Number nine is your basil, because as you know, basil can last up to 24 hours in the body. And nowadays it can even last longer than that. So just really knowing how uh, how many hours your basil is lasting in your body and then um, just being aware of that around the days that you work out. I know in the past I used to adjust my basil depending on the type and duration of my workouts. So uh, that might be something that you might want to consider. And again, guys, this is more so for those using injections. If you're using an insulin pump, then you have the ability to adjust your basal more freely at different hours of the day, depending on your exercise and what your blood sugars are doing already. All right. So the last one, number 10, is your overall body fat percentage. And this is super important. You'll find that the lower your body fat percentage is and the more muscle you have, the more insulin sensitive you'll become. So if you've been working out for a while and you're trying to lose weight or you're trying to build muscle, whatever it is, uh, you might find you might be all of a sudden experiencing low blood sugar. I know this happened to me and you might be wondering like, what the hell is going on? Because you haven't in, you know, it doesn't seem like you've done anything different. But I will say when you are losing fat and building muscle, then this is going to uh, really make you a lot more insulin sensitive. So this is just something to keep in mind of when you are hitting the gym regularly and you are working towards those goals. I hope you guys enjoyed these tips. And out of all of these 10 tips, is there anything that you guys didn't know before? I hope that you've been able to take away something that maybe you didn't know prior to listening to this episode. If low blood sugar is something that you are currently struggling with, especially around exercise, and this is something we dive into inside of my Fat Loss for Type 1s program, but it's really important that you take these tips and whether you really know them or not, just take them and be mindful of them and learn how these things affect your body and your blood sugars because we are all affected so differently. So just taking the time to really learn your body and how your body is affected is going to help you so much with managing and preventing low blood sugar. You can go ahead and download your free preventing low blood sugar checklist at diabeticfitnessworld.com forward slash low BG. And I'll also link to it in the show notes. And again, if you liked this episode, please take a moment to subscribe to this podcast and to leave me a review. It really does help this podcast out a lot. And it really does mean so, so much to me.